Look around, what do you see? Cars, lots of them. And guess what? They're probably on Auto Trader. Whether you're into timeless classics or the latest trends, did somebody say solar-powered, eco-friendly, vegan, leather-wrapped, aromatherapy-scented, disco ball-equipped, self-driving car? If you see it on the road, you can likely find it on Auto Trader. Big cars, small cars, blue cars, new cars, used cars, electric cars, and one day, maybe even flying cars. With millions of options to choose from, buying a car becomes a whole lot easier. See it. Find it. Auto Trader. Hey, and welcome to The Short Stuff. I'm Josh, and there's Chuck and Jerry's here, and this is Short, Short, Short Stuff. This Hello. Stuff so short, I said short three times. Did we do a full episode on this guy? Yeah, we did. The Who is the Man of the Whole? And I think it was within the last three years, maybe maybe four years. I would guess it was probably around 2018 because that's when they released that video of him and everybody became aware that this man even existed. Right. So this is a, a bit of a recap and for sure a lot of tribute uh, to a gentleman named the Man of the Whole is what he was called. Mm-hmm. He was uh, he lived by himself um, in total isolation for 26 years on his indigenous land in the Amazon rainforest, the uh, Tanaru indigenous land, and uh, very sad to say the man of the whole has passed away. Yeah, and they think roughly at mid 50s, maybe age 60 tops. Um, he was discovered by a Funai agent. Funai is Brazil's indigenous protection agency, and Funai had been basically tracking him quietly for the last 26 years. Um, And the reason that they call him the man of the hole is because that's what Funai calls him. He digs holes, or he used to dig holes. Um, Certainly some were for animal traps, but they think some, sadly, were for protection from attack from other people, I should say. Um, But the reason they called him the man of the hole is because no one, literally no human being on earth, aside from that man, knew what that man's name was. That's right. Uh, He lived on about 20,000 acres of uh, forest that eventually became protected, and thus he was protected. Uh, He at one point had his people. Um, We don't know what tribe he was from. We don't know what language he spoke. Mm -hmm. Uh, We do know that his people were uh, likely killed uh, by invaders. Uh, I think the last people that they think he had was about six people with him. They were all killed, uh, leaving him alone. And finally, that land and his lifestyle uh, was protected. And as much as I don't even, uh, we'll get to sort of the the ins and outs of even peeking in on somebody like this uh, and whether or not that's the right thing to do, because that is sort of a thorny issue. But uh, he passed away on August 27th. Um, No signs of struggle. Uh, They believe he died of natural causes. Um, this is another sort of thorny thing. They are going to do a forensic examination of his body, which I, I get. I think there could be some value there uh, to see what someone who lived in isolation might die of. Uh, obviously, there are genetic things that can still happen, but in any sort of man-influenced death is probably not the likely cause. Uh, but my favorite part about the story is that he died uh, in his hammock, and he had covered himself with bird feathers, with macaw feathers, uh, because he knew he was dying. And that just sounds like a really peaceful, lovely way to go. Yeah, it is. But again, like if he was 60 and this guy was living like about as healthy a life as a human being can live, you would think that seems really young. 
But yeah, the fact that he was covered in macaw feathers and there wasn't any sign that anyone else had been around him definitely certainly does point to the idea that he was awaiting death and a new death was coming. So should we take a quick break? Yeah, let's do that and we'll come back and dig some more into this. Who hasn't heard names like Achilles or Odysseus, Cassandra, Medusa? But how much do you know about them from the ancient world? Let's Talk About Myths, Baby is the podcast bringing the ancient sources to life. Greek myth and history is timeless, and unless you've been living under a rock, you have seen just how true that is today. But there is so much more to these characters and stories than what pop culture can do justice. I'm Liv Albert, the host of Let's Talk About Myths, Baby, and every week I bring you stories from the ancient world, both mythological and historical, to breathe new life into these thousands of years old stories. I'm also regularly joined by some of the most brilliant names in the field of archaeology and ancient history, authors of your favorite retellings from today, and everyone in between. Join me as I dive into the wild world of the ancient Greeks and their stories. Listen to Let's Talk About Myths, Baby on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots as I sit down with inspiring women like Misty Copeland, Brooke Shields, Vanessa Hudgens, and so many more. We dive into how these women made their pivot and their mindset shifts that happened as a result. It's a podcast about women, their stories, and how their pivot became their success. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right. So you mentioned a 2018 video, uh, which was probably around the time we did our first episode on the man of the whole. This was in July of that year on Facebook. Uh, Survival International posted a video of him from a distance uh, chopping down a tree. Uh, but this is from 2011. Uh, they sat on this uh, footage for seven years. And, um, you know, they found out some things about him over his life, which is that uh, and some of it since he is, has left us, um, abandoned campsites. This was the 53rd thatch hut that he had built mm-hmm. at least over the past 26 years. Holes everywhere, holes inside these huts. Uh, so they're getting little clues on how he lived his life a little bit now that he's passed. Yeah, he was um, not just a hunter-gatherer. He was also a farmer, too. He farmed corn, manioc root, papaya, bananas. Um, and he also was a great hunter, apparently, with his bow and arrow and also those holes that he uh, put stakes in. What are they called, like tiger tiger traps? No, no, no. That sounds, that sounds okay. good. But he used those to, like, catch wild boar. Um, so this is how this guy was living. Um, again, 
by himself for 26 years. He did not, as far as we know, have any contact with anybody, despite um, Funai trying to make contact with him after he became the last surviving member of his tribe. Um, because when they tried to initiate contact, they brought him some gifts, and they basically went and visited him at his home, and he apparently flipped out. They said he was terrified and very aggressive and was clearly— yeah not at all happy that they were there. So from that moment on, Funai said, we're never contacting this man again. We're going to track him. We're going to make sure that he's okay. Uh, but we're going to keep our distance both for um, his own comfort, but also for his safety too. Because one of the problems yeah. is people from outside of the Amazon coming into contact with an uncontacted tribe bring a lot of germs that the uncontacted tribe has no defenses against whatsoever. Yeah, and that sort of brings up a little bit of what I mentioned before, which is what what do you do in a situation like this? Do you go in and try and um, vaccinate people to try and keep them safe? Do you try and completely leave them alone? Do you give them these gifts like they would? They would give them seeds, apparently, and small tools occasionally, which apparently he rejected. He never or at least rarely took the gifts. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, it, it, it is sort of a moral question that, uh, I don't think it's super easily answered. Um, I, I think leaving someone alone like that is is for sure probably the best route. Yeah. But what does leave someone alone really mean? Like, does is even spying in and tracking them uh, too much? Well, so yeah, you could definitely argue that like his his privacy was being invaded, whether he was aware of it or not, and that in and of itself like robs him of some of his dignity. But the reason Funai was doing this wasn't just for their, you know, own jollies or anything like that. Right. The way that Brazil's government set up protection of indigenous lands was you had to verify through a, a sighting uh, that an uncontacted tribe existed. And I guess they Funai thinks there's about 113, 114 uncontacted tribes living in the Amazon still, but they're only aware of something like 23 They've only confirmed 23. So only 23 are protected. And that protection is only continued uh, when there's a sighting within a certain amount of time. Every, like, say, three years, they have to be sighted. So that's why they were tracking him like that. Yeah. And, you know, the idea of protection is not just here, take this vaccine to help protect you from sickness. Um, one of the articles I read was talking about the fact that these uh, parts of the jungle are not just free of people. They're bad people in there. There are drug dealers and poachers and people use this place for cover. Mm -hmm. So it's not like they're completely alone. They're just living, uh, you know, their indigenous lifestyle, ideally away from the bad people. Yeah. So those bad people apparently are the reason why uh, he was living alone for 26 years. Um, and Funai pieced together probably what happened to his tribe from um, local residents in the area around where he lived. And they said that in the 70s, they believed that most of the tribe was killed because they were given poisoned sugar, probably by ranching interests that were invading the area, um, which would explain why he would accept zero gifts from anybody um, when they tried to give them to him in the 90s. And then in 1996, the other six, I think he was um, one of seven survivors. And in like 1995 or six, the six others were gunned down. And from that moment on for the next, what, 26 years, he lived by himself. Ooh. Yeah, it kind of cracks me up when I think of, I like, love all the survival shows alone and all the shows where they're like, we made it 100 days. Right. What an experience, even with our you know modern tools. Right. 
And uh, this guy's like, what? A hundred days? Right. I've been. That's what he said. He went, what? I've been out here for 26 years. <laughs> right. You cracked the code. His language was not lost after all. Um, so the, the thing is, Chuck, is in addition to those tools, not just making it, being alone, having no one to talk to, yeah. no one to interact with. Like, how would you not crack up in that sense? Even though you have an area that's almost as big as the entire Disney World Resort, bigger than the entire island of Manhattan to wander around, you're still wandering around it by yourself on your own. That would be the hardest thing of all, I think. Yeah, and, you know, as far as leaving people alone, like, as a curious individual, part of my brain says, oh, I would love to have seen a a, a documentary on this guy's day-to-day life. Mm-hmm. Because it's so fascinating to me, but the other part of my brain says, no, Chuck, (laughs) that's the wrong instinct. Like, leave him alone. So Brazil officially did say we will leave these people alone when we discover an uncontacted tribe. We will cordon off their um, indigenous lands and just leave them alone. Um, The problem is they have a president right now called Bolsonaro, President Bolsonaro, um, and he has done everything he can to roll back every protection that he can find that protect indigenous lands and indigenous people and instead open the Amazon up to ranchers and loggers and miners and just basically chew through the Amazon at an even faster rate that it was being chewed through before. So they think that I should say Funai believes that um, probably more and more uncontacted tribes are going to go extinct, including some that we will have never confirmed and never even knew about. And by extinct, we're saying like they're being massacred. They're genocides that are being carried out day to day, um, year to year in the Amazon so that people can grow plants or um, graze their cattle there instead for progress. That's what makes this whole thing so heartbreaking to me. Yeah, absolutely. Um, hats off to you, sir. Man of the whole. Not you, Josh. <laughs> R.I.P. My hat's always off to you. Thanks. But uh, R.I.P. and just a uh, very interesting story. I want, I mean, Does that mean this 20,000 acres is now up for grabs? So the protection runs out in 2025. It's not clear whether they'll try to roll it back before gotcha. then. But Funai is trying to say, no, let's just make this particular preserve permanently protected. And who knows what will happen. Right. Depends on who's president, I think. All right. Well, good good yet sad follow-up to this story. Agreed, Chuck. Good idea. Uh, and I guess that means short stuff is out. Stuff You Should Know is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows.